What would you do to be remembered forever? Would you pull crazy stunts, perform every chance you got, chase every high, sell your soul to the devil maybe? Or just die young? All of the members of the 27 Club have left their mark on the industry. But at what cost? Why did so many talented people succumb to death at such a young age? The 27 Club refers to a list of artists and performers who all met their end at the age of 27. Some theorize it's more than just a coincidence. Some claim they are not dead at all. And some know the path they were on always met a short, sudden end. But let's dive into this. Let's see if this is conspiracy, coincidence, or maybe there's something to this 27 Club. Either way, I'm your host, Michael, and this is Strange and Unexplained. The 27 Club really started to gain steam after the deaths of the most famous members occurred. But not only occurred, but occurred very close together. Between 1969 and 1973, six of the world's biggest names, at the time, passed away. But the first, and possibly the founding member of the 27 Club, was a black man from rural Mississippi. Born in 1911, Robert Johnson would go on to become a founding father of the blues world, releasing 29 songs between 1936 and 1937 that would later earn him his spot in blues history. When his songs were rediscovered during the music revolution, of the 1960s. But it did not always start that way. For those who knew him before his quote-unquote mysterious disappearance, they had a different story to tell. According to his grandson, people used to quote, hate to hear him coming because quote, he could not carry a tune in a bucket. <laughs> Johnson disappeared for some time and then re-emerged, able to play the guitar like the Delta had never seen before or heard and was quickly named King of the Delta Blues Singers. So of course, the only reasonable explanation for someone going away for three to four years and coming back knowing how to do stuff they didn't know before was aliens. No, I'm kidding. It was actually demons this time. Yeah, as legend has it, Robert Johnson wanted to become a better blues player, and one day he heard a voice in his head that told him to go to the crossroads nearby and bring his guitar. When he arrived, it was pitch black, in the middle of the night, he saw a very large black man or figure, and the man identified himself as the devil. He took the guitar from Johnson, tuned it, then outstretched his arms to return it. But as he did, his voice hissed a warning. If Johnson accepted the guitar, it would be in exchange for his eternal soul. Robert took the guitar. He was like, yeah, sounds good to me. I'll take it. And as he looked down at how it seemed to shine in the middle of the pitch black night, he surrendered his soul. Apparently it was a no-brainer. Must have been some beautiful guitar. But he played sounds out of that guitar that people had never heard of, had talent for days, and wrote songs that became timeless. Johnson had risen to fame in his small area, and it is rumored that at the time of his death, many notable agents in the music industry were interested in Johnson's music. But Robert would meet his end in August of 1938. He was poisoned, allegedly by the boyfriend of a woman he was having an affair with. It took him three days to completely die from the poison. Although Robert Johnson was the first of the 27, 
he was not the most well-known. In fact, the 27 Club did not become a thing until 1970, with the death of many more famous musicians in a very short time span. Brian Jones, for instance, is a little lesser known, uh, I would say now, than frontman Mick Jagger, but he is no less important when talking about the formation of the Rolling Stones. But it is interesting to note that Jones was released from the Stones shortly before his death. Jones was the original singer for the Rolling Stones, but he also played many instruments. Many credit Jones for bringing the iconic fashion and hairstyles to the band as well. He was one of the first British musicians to play the slide guitar, and he and his love for blues music shone through in his unique playing style. Alongside fellow bandmate and fellow guitarist Keith Richards, the pair changed the sound of rock and roll forever. It's no surprise that one of Jones's biggest influences was Robert Johnson. Jones was with the Stones from his formation in 62 till his death in June of 69. He was found dead at the bottom of his swimming pool at his home in Ashdown Forest, Sussex. Many questioned the circumstances of his death. His girlfriend, who was Swedish and didn't speak good English, had a hard time getting help for Jones when she found him. She claimed he still had a pulse when she pulled him out of the pool, but many doubt her and the other two witnesses of that night. Jones's death was listed as a misadventure as he was known for having a very horrible drug and alcohol addiction and often took part in risky behavior. These are what led to his dismissal from the Stones in 69, and within a month, he was dead. To me, it really seems like a person who was shy and timid and they shot to fame almost overnight, took to drugs and alcohol for comfort, and then took it all too far. But of course, it's not that simple, right? Well, the next of the four would be Alan Blind Owl Wilson. He was known for his time with the band called Canned Heat. They played at Woodstock in 69, and their song became the, quote, unofficial theme song of Woodstock. And though you may not recognize the names, you have definitely heard the unique voice of Wilson before. It sounds a little something like this. That's right, you guys remember that, right? Yeah, that's not Kermit the Frog, that's Alan Wilson right there. And Wilson had, a lot of people don't know, but he had a previous suicide attempt before his death. He struggled with mental illness, and of course the drug-fueled scene of Woodstock didn't help any of that. Wilson was a very odd individual to those around him. He often did things that they didn't understand. And one of those things was sleeping outside. In September of 1970, Canned Heat was scheduled to leave for a European tour, but Wilson didn't show at the airport. And when he was found, he was sleeping behind a friend's house. And it's typically where he would choose to stay when he was in L.A. Inside his pockets were barbiturate. Wilson was known to suffer from insomnia, and it seems although he was getting professional help, he also continued to self-medicate. 
His death was officially listed as accidental acute barbiturate intoxication. In other words, he overdosed on sleeping pills, a reoccurring problem among many of the 27. He was the first of three big musicians to die in 1970. And unfortunately, shortly thereafter, he was joined by one of the biggest names of the 1960s and dare I say one of the biggest names in music ever, American guitar legend Jimi Hendrix. Hendrix was an American-born guitarist, singer, and composer. He is best known for his role of fusing traditional American blues, jazz, rock and roll with the new British avant-garde rock style to redefine the electric guitar and create his own image. Hendrix was known for being a showman, often playing his guitar with anything but his hands. He was a veteran of the U.S. Army and a member of the 101st Airborne Division. However, his time as a soldier proved short. He was discharged the following year due to, due to an injury. Though he was a veteran, he was openly against the American occupation of Vietnam at the time. He made a point to play in protest at Woodstock. As the band was wrapping up a very delayed concert, Jimmy launched into his rendition of the, of the national anthem in peaceful protest. During that moment, Hendrix had taken the extreme fear and horror felt by the war and fused it with patriotism and hope. And in doing so, he inspired a nation. The Jimi Hendrix experience ended with Jimi's death in September of 1970, just a few days after the death of Alan Wilson. Of also, Jimi also passed of drug-related complications. Then just two weeks later, in October of 1970, the world was rocked again with the death of another artist that changed the music industry in unexpected ways. The original rock mama, none other than Janis Joplin. Janis Joplin became famous thanks to the unique style and sound of her voice, high and husky yet explosive and earthy, but also the way she used her whole body to express her songs. Her uninhibited movement and voice fused to form a unique display. She was known for her odd style. Her big frizzy hair with large grandma glasses add a little hippie flair and make sure to break every stereotype. And now you're starting to get close to what Joplin was. She had an influence that matched any man's. She was influenced heavily by the blues and also took cues from soulful artists like Big Mama Thornton and Bessie Smith. Joplin lived the same high-rolling, drug-fueled lifestyle as anyone else in the music industry at the time and quickly developed a painful addiction to heroin, which would eventually prove fatal. Less than two weeks after passing the passing of Hendrix, Joplin was found dead from an apparent overdose. However, some theorize that she was murdered because after her death, there were three more deaths in that area and they were all linked back to the same heroin dealer. But her death was ruled an accidental overdose, a running theme followed by only suicide in the 27 Club. So moving on, remember, we're only in year 1970 so far. But in 1971, came the death of Doors frontman Jim Morrison. Morrison was an educated man, graduating from UCLA in 1965, but admitted he would have dropped out if he wasn't scared of being drafted and being sent to Vietnam. Jim had started drinking as a teen, like a lot of others. His father was a decorated naval officer, and a lot of his rebelling was in response to his father's strict regime at home. The Doors were formed in 1965, and released their first self-titled album, 
but they really shot to fame after performing their hit Light My Fire on The Ed Sullivan Show in 1967. Morrison's life quickly spiraled out of control as his drug and alcohol addiction took hold of his life. He was known for his provocative performances on stage that eventually led to police presence at almost every concert. He was arrested after exposing himself on stage in his home state of Florida, but he skipped bail and went to Paris to live with his girlfriend Pamela, who unfortunately would be the one to find him dead in the bath. The coroner concluded he suffered a heart attack as a result of mixing alcohol, drugs, and hot water. However, in 2007, a former employee of a club that Morrison had frequented before his death said that Jim had actually overdosed in the bathroom of the club that night after scoring heroin for Pamela. He said the men who had sold Jim the drugs offered to get rid of Jim's body, and the club owner, fearing this was bad press and possibly of the club being raided or shut down, agreed to let them take Jim's body. The man claims the two henchmen carried Jim's body out of the back of the club, loaded it in the trunk of a car, and drove it to Jim's flat. Pamela, being the intense heroin addict she was, was still passed out on the bed. The men undressed Jim's body and laid it in the tub and turned on the hot water to slow rigor mortis and throw off the time of death. Man, these men knew what the fuck they were doing, right? But I guess dealing with a celebrity like Jim Morrison, they would have to. Because the Paris authorities found no signs of foul play, the death was ruled as misadventure. Again, that's one of their favorites, isn't it? There was no autopsy performed, which also added to the conspiracy soup. Oh, he got to perform an autopsy. Of course, these are not all the members of the 27 Club, okay? In 1973, Grateful Dead band member Ron McKernan became a member when he passed due to internal hemorrhaging brought on by heavy years of drinking and drugs. Then fast forward to 1994, Nirvana frontman Kurt Cobain became a member of the 27 when he took his own life. Cobain suffered the pains of addiction and mental illness. The next member was not inducted until 2011 with the tragic death of Amy Winehouse, a troubled artist whose personal and professional life was spiraling out of control at the time of her demise. Winehouse had been seen on stage slurring her speech and forgetting the words to her own music, almost unable to stand, eventually getting so bad that her fans booed her off stage. Her addiction struggles were made public along with every other detail of her personal life, which contributed to her death. In July of 2011, Winehouse was found dead in her London apartment. She had a blood alcohol level that was five times the legal limit. Of course, in the most recent years, the 27 Club has expanded to include members of all different sections of the art world. From the fine art world, John Michael Basquait who started as a, graphi a graphite artist, then turned neo-expressionist. His art is surrounded by names like Monet and Picasso. When talking about heightened art with his most expensive painting, selling over $110.5 million at auction in 2017, adding it to the list of the most expensive paintings ever sold. Basquiat overdosed in his Manhattan studio in August of 1988, this list also includes actors like Jonathan Brandis, who committed suicide in 2003, and, on, and Anton Yel Yelchin, I'm sorry. Uh, unfortunately, this is one of the most untimely, just 
crazy deaths ever. Anton Yelchin uh, was killed and squished by his own Jeep in his driveway. And the cause of death is vehicular asphyxiation. And this happened in 2016. Um, I remember this story. Anton was going down to check his mail, and I guess he had cranked his Jeep, and it fell out of gear at the top of his driveway. It came down the driveway when he wasn't looking, rolled down, I'm guessing in neutral, and pinned him against the gate, and he died. So, of course, again, all the members of the 27 Club were facing addiction, okay? Uh, They were facing rejection, they were facing mental illness, and so many more demons that we probably don't even know about. Then again, isn't that why they were such good artists? The tortured soul, it's a, it's a catch-22, right? People want to create good art, they want to create amazing things and things that touch people, but without the hurt, without the trauma, without, without the, the fights that they have to go through, the things that they have to endure in their lives, they have no perspective to write this type of music, to write these songs. But they were able to take the personal pains of life and transform it into a form of artistic expression, allowing those on the outside to witness, if only for a second, the reality that is their mental state. Of course, over the years, the list of coincidences evolved into conspiracy, like fungus after the rain, some believing that the subject did not die at all, but this is merely a way to begin a new life, with the death of the old one. The belief is that the young stars had had enough and wanted out of the business. Of course, the only way to remove such a large limelight is to remove its object of focus. So a witness protection-like program was started to remove these people from public to normalcy, faking their deaths and taking a portion of their large fortune to live off of somewhere private for the rest of their lives. But why are more artists not added to such a list? Maybe, just maybe, it's because they didn't own white lighters. Have you ever heard of this theory before? The theory that a white lighter is misfortune or bad luck? Because... Apparently, four of the biggest names in the 27 Club died with white lighters, allegedly. Hendrix, Joplin, Morrison, and Kurt Cobain. But the problem with that is that most of the 27 who are claimed to have been found with these lighters... Now, I don't mean 27 people, I mean most of the 27 Club who are claimed to have been found with these lighters died before Bick even started producing white lighters. And the lighters found with Cobain are are pictured in the crime scene photo, and none of them are white. Also, they were all heroin addicts and smokers. So yeah, they always had lighters with them. Another theory says that the age of 27 is basically the age our bodies start downhill on the other side. And since most of these artists have already pushed their body beyond what the normal life exposes us to, life caught up to them a little faster. Or, with the Erickson stages of psychosocial development, which claims at the age of 27, we are in the intimacy versus isolation stage. And since a lot of the 27 were facing very difficult relationships mixed with the lifestyle, they just couldn't handle the pressure and pushed everything to the edge. Some even speculate that later members took their own lives for fear of not being remembered. But of course... No one can ever really say why another person took their own life. 
Had they reached the peak of their creativity and insisted on living with the reality that it doesn't get much better than this? They would rather die at the top in an effort to stay on top than to take one step back down? Some point to the astrological or numerical mythical aspect, but the truth seems to point to a bit of a simpler explanation. All of these artists suffered great pain just before their deaths. They struggled with mental illness and were surrounded by enablers. People wanted so much from them. They gave and gave until nothing was left but an empty shell. And they filled that emptiness with drugs and alcohol. They led a lifestyle that kept them up for days and weeks at a time, lived on the road and had everything they wanted brought to them on a silver platter. So was the demise of these artists really a secret plot slash conspiracy? Or more like the fault of the industry that asked way too much of them? The fault of managers, assistants that provided the catalyst? The fault of the fans that demanded satisfaction and inner demons that sought retribution? I think that's a lot more logical when speaking about the 27 Club. There's no doubt that all of these people launched into superstardom long before they were long before they reached a true age of maturity. You know, I heard a fact that men don't fully mature until they're in their late 20s on average. Like 25 to 28. That's insane. And that's right in this time period. Right in a time period where they are at the top of the world. They're being, they're being asked to make decisions and do things that affect millions of people. And they're not even fully developed people themselves. So that's my opinion on the 27 Club. I don't think it has anything to do with any kind of conspiracies and whatnot. Now, I do think there are some weird circumstances around some of these deaths. Um, especially Jim Morrison. I'd like to look into that case a little bit more when I have the time. Um, but if you guys know anything about the death of Jim Morrison, I'm I'm interested as well. I just I haven't I didn't have enough time to really go on that tangent. That could probably be a whole other show in itself. Um, there are, but like I said, um, but most of the other deaths seem pretty cut and dry. They seem pretty cut and dry. It seems like people who hit the top of their the top of their realm in society, they were at the top of their game, and they just had nothing left to give. So that's my opinion. Let's check in with Lauren, guys, this week. Let's see what he thinks about some of these timeless musicians and artists in this week's Lauren's Synopsis. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren's Synopsis. Breaking down the case like... Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren's Synopsis. Breaking down the case like... Break it down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren's synopsis. Break it down the case like. Break it down the case like cardboard boxes. What's up, people? Lauren here. Here to get my thoughts on this week's Strange and Unexplained. The 27 Club, a famed group of ultra successful musicians that all died at the age of 27. Jimi Hendrix, Brian Jones, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison, Kurt Cobain, and Amy Winehouse headline the group. And I just feel like this is a, a common occurrence with someone who gets that level of stardom in the music industry in particular. The music industry is known for taking young talent, 
using them up and spitting them out, essentially. And I feel like 27, I've heard it brought up in documentaries about this. Uh, it seems like 27 was that pivotal age where they were getting to the point where they, they were all used up as far as the industry was concerned. Um, now, there was so much talent left on the table. That's what's frustrating to the rest of us, not just that that's all they were. Of course, they were human beings first, um, but they were also uber-talented musicians that we all missed out on so much work later on. Um, and it's really unfortunate. And there was so much juice left to squeeze, you know, and it, probably a bad analogy because that's what the music industry was doing to them, was squeezing all the juice out of them. And they viewed them as dried up, I suppose. But also drugs uh, become an issue when you're in that lifestyle, when you're always traveling. I'm sure it's hard to connect with people as well when you're that level of uh, famous. It's got to be hard to know who your real friends are. You know, like everyone is a yes man around you. Um, so I'm sure that that leads you down the path of drugs and alcohol. And that was sadly the demise of most of these individuals, with the exception of Jimi Hendrix, who I believe was murdered by his manager. His former roadie, James Tappy Wright, uh, came out and said that Michael Jeffrey, Jimi Hendrix's former manager, admitted to having killed Jimi Hendrix because Jimi was about to drop him. Um, and he was going to lose a lot of money. And Jimmy also had made Michael Jeffrey, his manager, the beneficiary of his $2 million life insurance policy. Um, Michael Jeffrey said that he had put pills in Jimmy's mouth and washed it down with wine while he was incapacitated, effectively killing him and making it look like an overdose. So that's the one of these that I, I truly believe was foul play. I know there's a lot said around Kurt Cobain's death. Um, and you know, a lot points to Courtney Love, but I, you know, I just truly, I truly believe Kurt Cobain was, was deeply depressed, wanted to die. And I think a lot of it was due to the issues he had. Um, I know he had stomach pains and ulcers for many years and chronic pain to that extent can really mess with your mind. And also he'd been, um, at the top, at the pinnacle of celebrity for so long and I think it met it was kind of it messed with him because he I think he enjoyed being the underground guy but also was upset that they didn't get the notoriety that they deserved and then when they got it and he had all of it drugs took over and he kind of wanted the early days back the grunge you know the underground grunge scene and didn't like that he couldn't walk around and not just be swarmed by fans and whatnot he was a he was a a very complex individual, Kurt Cobain, um, as were a lot of these individuals. Um, Jim Morrison, legend, Janis Joplin, the same, you know. And it's crazy to think that Amy Winehouse, it's been 10 years since she died. Um, but ultimately, I think, as we all know, the music industry is a dirty business. And I think a lot of these people, they were, they were used and abused by the system. Um, a lot of them as big as they were and as famous as they were, they were not compensated. They, a lot of them were blatantly robbed by record labels um, and they were just used, you know. So I, I think they turned to drugs and alcohol to wash away their problems and ultimately it led to a lot of untimely deaths, unfortunately. And I know 27 um, is so famed because of the names on that list, but there's also tons of musicians that died at 28, 29, 26. 
Um, but it's just that that list of names. There's such legendary figures in there that that make, kind of makes the difference, you know. So, yeah, tragic. Um, that's my thoughts. Hope you guys enjoyed it. See you next week. All right. Very good. Synopsis as always. Lauren, thank you very much. Yeah, uh the Jimi Hendrix death. Also kinda also kinda sketch. Jimi Hendrix and Jim Morrison, both. Uh definitely worth looking into a little bit more and seeing seeing what we can pull out of there. There's some some sketchy circumstances surrounding both of those deaths. But guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know it's something a little different. Um it's not quite the uh, the big mystery that you are typically used to. That this is something that personally I was I've been interested in for a while, and I think a lot of people have heard about it and know a little something about it. I just wanted to to do an episode to cover it to get all this out there, and so people can kind of know uh, what this is. And and basically, it's nothing more than just a coincidence. Like Lauren said, so many musicians have died at twenty six, at twenty eight, at twenty nine, at you know at thirty, at twenty. Shit, I mean, so many, so many young artists in general, and performers and celebrities have died at young ages, for the same reasons, really. Uh, like Lauren said, the the industry just uses them up. They use them up. They wear them out. They leave them as a shell. They strip them of their creativity, and then they don't have any privacy either. Um, and I think it's just it's. It's just a downward spiral. But like I said, guys, hopefully this clears it up for you guys. If you were ever curious about the 27 Club, hopefully uh, this uh, puts puts everything where it belongs. And now you understand uh, what's going on with this. Still great tragedies, and these people need to be uh, remembered for their contributions in art and in music. Um, but unfortunately, they left us very early. But we still have their catalog, you know, that they left behind, which I guess that will have to be enough. That will have to be enough. So again, guys, I want to thank you for listening. I want to always thank you for listening and supporting Strange and Unexplained or True Crime Guys Productions in any way that you can. One of the best ways to help the show is to leave a review. Um, if you leave a review and you write a little something, I'll give you a shout on the show, guys. It, it helps other people see what the show has to offer and what the good things about the show are and things like that. You know, the reviews don't necessarily help your ratings very much. What helps the ratings is just downloads. Downloading, subscribing, telling your friend, that's the best way to help the ratings of the podcast. But the best way to help uh, right now is Patreon. Patreon.com slash podcast. And for just three bucks a month, you guys get early access to all of these free episodes. Instead of getting them on Monday, you will get them on Thursday, as well as strange shorts that I've been releasing every Monday um, for you Patreon members. So say you're on Patreon, you're like, well, I like Monday releases, Michael. It gives me something to look forward to in my work week. Well, that's okay. Okay. I got strange shorts coming out on Monday. So you'll get your Sandu fix on Thursday, and then you'll get strange shorts on Monday if you're a patron member. Uh, speaking of, I want to give a big thanks to a new patron member named Heidi Coomer. Thank you very much, Heidi. She came on in the last week and uh, at the $5 level. So you will be getting your Strange and Unexplained exclusive Patreon sticker in the mail ASAP. Heidi, thank you so much for that. And guys, everyone that has, that has joined up, I appreciate that very, very much. And Patreon will be growing 
um, as I as I get more organized with this. You know, I've been doing this podcast for less than a year. And if some of you don't know, I'm also co-host of True Crime Guys and producer of that show as well. So we got a lot going on under TCG Umbrella. So a lot of things coming up this year, and I'm sure we'll be adding plenty of new content. So I want to thank you guys for listening, as always. And uh, I'll see you guys next week with another strange and unexplained case. So uh, just be strange. You know, you don't have to be a stranger about it. 